You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. You hear me talk about it, and I'm going to continue to tell about it because it is an amazing website that makes it so easy for each and every one of you to go and get the car parts that you need for your vehicle. You don't have to go to these big box stores and worry about finding what parts you need or paying way too much for them or trying to find somebody to even help you out with them. Luckily for you, rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving the auto parts customers online for 20 years, and so they know how to do it and to make it easy. They have an extremely in-depth catalog with all different types of makes and models, so no matter what, they can take care of you. It could be engine modules, or it could be cup holders or carpets. Whatever it is, they have so many items to offer, so go and check them out at rockauto.com, and when you do... Right, locked on as the reasons of how did you hear about us in their box so that they know that we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. It's a great week, folks, mainly because the Razorbacks are 2-2, two and two, although I will still to this day say that they are 3-1, and one, but that's neither here nor there. It's all about what the record actually shows, but the most important thing is that Arkansas is a team that has been winning, and it's a lot of fun to talk about, and that's what we're going to continue to do and talk more, not only about Arkansas, but about a lot of things going on in the SEC as we welcome in not only a friend of the podcast, but also a friend of mine, that is Chris Gordy. He is the uh, on-air personality at Sports Talk 790 down in Houston, and he's also the host of the Locked On Razor or Locked On SEC podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris, how's everything going, man? How's the SEC podcast looking for you? It's going good, man. I mean, it, it's funny. I think uh, our buddy Peter Burns from the SEC Network posed this question uh, this week where he said, how many SEC fan bases are truly happy with where their team is right now or where the direction of their team is? And I thought that was a really interesting question because you've got some teams that are really disappointed at where they are. LSU is one of them. Um, you know, Auburn is one of them. You know, Mississippi State, I don't know really what they thought real expectations were under Mike Leach, but I got to think they're not happy sitting at one, at one and three. On the other hand, Ole Miss at one and three, they don't like being there, but at least they're seeing great positives of the Lane Kiffin offense. And then you talk about teams that are happy where they are. Alabama, obviously undefeated. But I think you go right after that to Arkansas at two and two, and obviously A&M where they are. But Arkansas, man, who thought they would be where they are right now like you said, should be three and one if not for the refs mishap. And on the flip side, is Barry Odom just getting free drinks wherever he goes around <laughs> Arkansas this, this week? Yeah, man. I mean, it is it is wild to think that Arkansas, and when you put it that way in Peter Burns, that's a great question. I didn't even thought of that, of you know, as far as fan bases and happiness, because I would be hard pressed to find any Razorback fan that's not happy with the results so far this year. And it, it's crazy because we know the SEC, it's just wild and it and it's always intense. And uh, I even have a good friend of mine who's an Alabama fan. And, you know, they're undefeated. They just beat Georgia and pretty convincingly. And he's still sitting back like, eh, I don't know. It's still a lot of problems. It's like it's such a wild time. But, yeah, man, Arkansas and Barry Odom in the defense is what's been getting all the praise, and rightfully so. Like, I just can't really imagine how this happened. Like, this is a defense that was so bad over the past few years. But just a, they've been a terrible team. But 
You're talking about a defense last year that like broke records for how bad they were in school history. And then on that bad defense, they lose three of their best players in Sosa, Aguim, uh, Scooter Harris, and then Cameron Curl, where two of those guys are playing in the NFL right now with Sosa, Aguim, and Cameron Curl. You lose those guys. You don't really gain anybody. Yet this defense is completely a totally new element this season. And it's like Barry Odom and this coaching staff deserves a lot of the credit, but also this defense and the players that are involved deserve a lot of credit as well. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's almost like I'm waiting for what's the, where's the catch? You know, like what's, what's the big disappointment? What game is it going to happen where it comes crumbling down and we're all going to look at it like, oh man, you're totally wrong. But well, help me out here because the guys I'm seeing that are being named SEC Players of the Week, you know, we've had Bumper Pool, we've had Joe Fouché, and then this week Grant Morgan. I'm looking at those guys, and it's all juniors and seniors. And you're right. How were they part of bad, <laughs> such a bad defense last year and years past? And this year these guys are all defensive player of the weeks in the SEC. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Like Grant Morgan was a walk-on uh, just up until a few years ago. And a lot of them, uh, people probably know him as uh, being Drew Morgan's little brother. Drew Morgan being a former wide receiver at Arkansas was a really good player. And, I, I mean, it's it's just amazing what how – and it's just as if anybody had a need or a reason for a great example of it and how much coaching matters. Like, sometimes I feel like in sports we get wrapped up with players, which is players are important. The best players always make best teams. Like, I'm not taking away from that. But you can see a difference in how much coaching matters, especially in college football. Like, the best teams like Alabama and Clemson, great great players that they get year in and year out. But the reason they're at where they're at is because of coaching, and that's what sets them apart. And so the fact that you have a guy like – Grant Morgan, who was a walk-on just a year, a few years ago, now being SEC Defensive Player of the Week. A guy like Hudson Clark, who probably nobody knows who that guy is. He was a walk-on from Highland Park out of Dallas. He's got three picks against Ole Miss, and he was freshman of the week. I mean, like, see, see stuff like that, it's just hard to describe other than the fact that it's great coaching. Like, it has to come down to that because the players are good. I mean, they're not like they're scrubs, but – they certainly weren't expected, nor were they ever uh, really probably thinking about playing at this high level, but they sure are now. Give me a thought on the offense, because obviously I think we're impressed by what Kendall Browse has done. And, you know, mixed bag. We know he, he came from his dad's system at Baylor, was very good running the offense there, went to Florida Atlantic for a year, was pretty good, went to Houston. They were okay that year, went to Florida State, not very good. And now he's at Arkansas, and what I've seen out of Felipe Franks, look, my take on him coming into the year was Felipe, I thought, was pedestrian at Florida with all that talent. You put him at Arkansas with presumably lesser talent, I was like, man, it's really going to take some good coaching to get him going. And how can you not be impressed with what this kid has done so far? He's been gutty, uh, fearless, taking hits in the pocket, delivering great throws down the field, and I have to say, like, if we're giving an award away for most improved player of the year, I think it's Felipe Frank so far through four weeks. We'll continue our discussion with Chris Gordy of the SEC Locked On podcast here in just a second. But, folks, these days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop and hustle all the time, whether it's with work, family, friends, or a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button and get back into neutral, and that's when you reach 
for your Coors Light where it is made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. And watching football while you're drinking Coors Light can be very therapeutic. It's uninterrupted me time and an excuse just to chill and drink beer. With minimal college football teams playing this year, but the only ones that matter are the ones you listen to on this podcast, Coors Light wants you to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that would allow them to relax and enjoy a beer, and Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit the reset, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get a Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Funny you bring that up because I even said it on my show today when we were talking about Felipe that he may not be the best quarterback, but he's the right quarterback for Arkansas. Like, I think that as much as it was of getting uh, a lot of the coaching staff together with Barry Odom and Kendall Browse and all that, I think honestly Sam Pittman and this coaching staff's biggest uh, uh, biggest uh, commitment when it came to recruiting or anything was Felipe Franks because. He's not setting the world on fire when he's throwing 300 yards a game and four touchdowns every game. He did that one game against Auburn, but you know he hasn't been that guy because they don't need him to be. They just needed somebody with legitimate SEC experience that was a senior, that had leadership qualities, and was motivated and driven to be a better player. And that's what Felipe's been. Like I had a lot of people, especially from Florida, when he transferred in, telling me, "Hey, man, you know this guy's had some maturity issues. He's." You know, how to let the emotions get the best of him and, and all of that. Man, so I looked at it, I was like, well, as long as he's better than what we saw the past few years, it'll be good. But not only is he a, a better quarterback as far as physical ability, but he, he's just been a great leader. Like, he, they voted him captain well before any snaps were even taken in a game. Like, he really came in and made a difference in that locker room and got the team confident. And he has been a great leader. Uh, he's had some bad plays, but he's not let emotions get to him. He hasn't. He's just been one of those guys that was needed in that locker room, a senior SEC experienced guy that can lead this offense. And I think he's just he's done a phenomenal job on it. I don't know if it'll show up on his stat sheet or anything, but here in Arkansas and especially with Sam Pittman, he knows just how good he is and how big he's been for this program. Uh, I want to hit on some of the games this week with you because we only have four. I mean, the the bye weeks finally start hitting. Last week we had postponements. This week we hit buys. But a quick look ahead. We know that the Razorbacks get the Aggies next. Both teams are off this week. What do you think we can expect in that one, just an early look ahead? Because with two weeks to prepare, we know A&M and that offense have, have been a little bit better than I think we expected with losing all the people that they have to injury on offense. But – uh, their defense, I think, has been a little bit better than expected as well for A&M. Yeah, that game's tough, man, because this game, as you know, it's always been played in Arlington, and it was always a game that uh, you know Razorback fans look forward to, but A&M hated. But the games were always close. Like, A&M's lost or won a lot of them. In fact, I think they're on an eight-game winning streak at this point in time over the Razorbacks, which is just stupid. But uh, that game has always been close, even with the last two seasons and how bad Arkansas was. Arkansas lost by four last year, how bad they were, and they only lost by seven the year before that. And again, that's showing that was like Arkansas's worst teams ever in their history. So 
I know these teams are different now this year, and A&M has shown some progress, but I just have this feeling that Arkansas is really going to show up against A&M and perform pretty well. And I'm not taking anything away from Texas A&M just because you only play the games in front of you. But that Florida win was really nice, and I think that that's where a lot of people came into play and really thought that they got it going. But still, like beat the Vanderbilt game showed a lot of uh, a lot of issues there, where they you know barely got the win because Vanderbilt's a really bad team. The Mississippi State, as they've been exposed, they haven't been that great of a team either. But I just have this feeling that the matchup itself is going to favor Arkansas just a little more because, again, defensively, they have done such a good job, and they're going to be getting bumper pullback, which is one of the better players defensively. They're going to get him back, and I think that we're going to see a great game plan defensively to slow down that offense. It's just going to be a matter of can Arkansas's offense actually take advantage of turnovers and whatnot because let's be honest, Arkansas scored 33 points in this game against Ole Miss. That's great, but they – Turned or they forced seven turnovers for Ole Miss. So if you look at that, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe you should go short a little more points there if you were uh, having them turn the ball over seven times. So I like Arkansas in the matchup. I don't know if, if they're going to win or anything like that because we never know what rosters and everything are going to look like at that point. But I just think that this is going to be a much better matchup where A&M's and Arkansas's defenses are going to be the key in this game. It's just going to be a matter of which offense can actually take advantage of the opportunities the defense gives them. Well, and if you believe Dan Mullen, I mean, it's going to feel like 90,000 people are in the stands because that's what he said it felt like when they lost to A&M there a couple weeks ago. I saw a lot of empty seats there, but uh, I digress. All right, looking ahead to some of the games this weekend, only four games. Which game in the SEC intrigues you most between Auburn Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, the Kentucky, Missouri, and South Carolina LSU? You know, I, I was trying to kind of look at the schedule ahead of time because, you know, when you're in a bye week, I don't know if you do this too, but well, when the team I cover is in a bye week, I'm like, all right, so let's let's see what good juicy matchups I'm going to be able to watch. But honestly, the, the SEC is kind of lacking this week. But I will say this, that Auburn-Ole Miss game intrigues me completely because, yeah. because I both of those teams Arkansas has already played, so I've seen what they look like. But – I want Chad Morris and Auburn to fail so badly. And I want the offense to look so putrid, which they have so far this year, that I, I am willing to root for Ole Miss in this game, which is saying a lot because I don't like Ole Miss and I don't care for Lane Kiffin. But I think that game is going to be interesting because one of two things are going to happen. Either one, Auburn is going to expose Ole Miss for being kind of a fraudulent team where – you know, they had that a couple good, really good games, but they still have a long ways to go, and they're going to go in and they're going to win. Or two, Ole Miss is going to put the final nail in the coffin and Chad Moore's calling plays and being the offensive coordinator. Because if, if Auburn can't beat Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is not a good team, if Auburn can't beat Ole Miss, and if Auburn offense can't score points against that Ole Miss defense, then there's no saving them. So I think it's going to be interesting just to see one of those two things play out. Uh, I kind of more predict that Ole Miss will win this game, and I think that you'll have one of those classic Gus Malzahn things of saying, ah, I've decided to take over the play-calling duties like he always does every year. But uh, that's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most, although I'm sure uh, other people probably don't care as much about that game as I do. Yeah, a few things on that one. If they lose, If Auburn loses this game, one, Bo Nix has not been good this season. He's not taken that next step that we've expected or we were hoping for. And they still have to play A&M. They still have to play Alabama. They still have to play LSU, which may get better as the season goes along. Tennessee, 
you know, they're not looking great right now, but that's still going to be tough. Like Auburn still has a lot of pitfalls down there, down the road. So if they're two and three, if they lose this game, there are going to be a lot of questions when it comes to Gus Malzahn, Chad Morris, and that offense. And I've been joking all week, the most Googleable thing in the state of Alabama has been, uh, you know, Gus Malzahn buyout because everybody's trying to figure out right, what's it going to take, how much money. And if you believe what you see out there, I mean, $20, $30 million, like, are you really willing to pay that to get rid of a guy? So I, I don't know. This is a really intriguing game, though, because like you said, Matt Corral, the six interceptions last week was not good. But what are the odds he repeats that? You know, exactly. what are the odds he doesn't write the ship? So that that's the game of the week in my eyes. The other one to me, LSU posting South Carolina. South Carolina looked really good this past week. Balanced run game, able to complete some passes, good stifling defense for Will Muschamp. LSU is starting a true freshman quarterback this week. We don't know if it's going to be PJ Finley or Max Johnson. They're probably going to play both of them. But Miles Brennan is still banged up. They've already had the issues on defense. If they can't fix, you know, get something going on offense with either of these true freshman quarterbacks, they're prime picking for an upset in their house by South Carolina. And just think of the implications. If South Carolina wins that game, I mean, they're talking about, we were talking Will Muschamp on the hot seat. If he's sitting there three and two, they're throwing a parade for him. And on the flip side, LSU, if they fall to one and three, I don't know if Bo Pelini makes it to the end of the season. I mean, especially if they give up, say, 500, 600 yards of offense to South Carolina. So, this is a really big game for LSU in that, one, you got to get the W, but two, that defense better start to look better. South Carolina, you're playing with house money. You lose this game, no harm, no foul. You were not supposed to win it, but that's the other game that has my eye. And I think it's funny, we skipped over the CBS game. Yeah. Alabama, <laughs> Tennessee. Why is this the CBS game? Alabama's a three-touchdown favorite. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, like, at what point do we stop saying that this, which I know Alabama-Tennessee, I guess, is a rivalry, but at what point do we just say, you know what, it, enough. Like, it, it's it's not it's not a rivalry. It, it's, a, it's a game that is completely and totally owned by Alabama, and the only time you've been close to beating them, Tennessee, is that you're with Kiffin when they only won 12 to 10 or whatever it was, but... Yeah, it is funny that we skipped over that game, but I just, I don't know, it just doesn't do anything for me, man. Like, I know Alabama's going to win, and Nick Saban's still going to be undefeated against former assistants, and I, I just, I don't care about that. But you brought that LSU-South Carolina game. That one makes me laugh a little bit, because I, I don't know how you felt about it, but when Will Muschamp got the job at South Carolina, I'm like, that's the worst hire I've ever heard, or at least the most uninspiring hire. Like, he couldn't do it at Florida, so what makes you think he's going to go to South Carolina and get it done? I like the guy, and I'm, he's always been... Uh, you know, very professional and all that. But I just didn't know if he was ever going to get it done. And after that win against Auburn, it's kind of like rejuvenated him. But with LSU and Bo Pelini, I mean, if you have if South Carolina scores 40-plus on LSU in this game, like you're right, Bo Pelini probably won't make it throughout the season. And I still think that Ed Orgeron understands. He's like, hey, as great as last year was, that pressure's on, the expectation's on, and if it ain't getting done, then I'm going to change it. So – yeah, that game is going to be also intriguing because isn't it funny that we're like talking about games being intriguing because somebody might get fired like after the game right. if they end up losing like that. But that that's what makes the SEC so great and so intense is, is it's all about winning too, but in a lot of cases it's about who loses as well. Well, and the easy fix is if South Carolina fires Muschamp, LSU just goes and brings Muschamp back as their DC. Boom, problem solved. They can do that one. Just one other one other note on the last game of the week: Kentucky at Missouri is an intriguing one because Missouri's come out and said 
finally, for like the first time in a month, they have no positive cases. They've got everybody ready to go. But that Kentucky defense, as good as the Arkansas defense has been in recent weeks, Kentucky's defense is playing lights out. Ten turnovers, three pick sixes in their last two games. That's mighty impressive. Dude, like Mark Stoops, I love that guy. Like, and I, I don't care about Kentucky football, but I just – I respect that dude. He, he's coaching has been so good at Kentucky, and that's a tough place to win. And the fact that, you know, he's doing it in a way that having sound defense and, and all that is impressive. And so – I always kind of watch Kentucky out of the corner of my eye. They should have beaten Ole Miss. If it wasn't for that mixed extra point in overtime, you know, who knows what would have happened in that game. So, you know, they, they've had one get away from them as well. But I, I really like Mark Stoops. I really like Kentucky. The thing is, is like Missouri, though, I just – I haven't – I'll admit, I haven't watched them a ton this year. But just from watching their games that I could in highlights and all that stuff, I don't know. There's just – I don't see have a lot of faith in uh, what Eli Drinkwitz is doing. I didn't, I didn't think it was that great of a hire by them. But – there's just part of me that just feels like, you know, at some point in time, the even if they say they're done with COVID issues, I don't think it's going to matter. Like, I still think Missouri is one of the worst teams in the SEC uh, besides maybe Vanderbilt. So, I don't know. I, well, just, look think, good. I just think Kentucky's going to do it, man. They look good against uh, LSU, but that's not really saying much because yeah. of that defense. But I mean, you know, they, yeah. got their, they got their one win of the season. If they make up the Vandy game, that'll get their second win, and uh, Mizzou will be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's fine. Again, maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong. We're all wrong in a lot of things because I never would have dreamed LSU would be as bad as they are defensively as they are right now. And, you know, I wouldn't have dreamed Arkansas would be as good as what they are now. And I cover the team and, and, and watch them. So, uh, but that's what makes the SEC fun, man, is just being able to have these matchups. Even if they're not top 25 games, they still got some intrigue and they still got some interest. He is John Neighbors locked on Razorbacks here on the Locked On SEC podcast. Great to do a dual podcast here with you, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. And uh, I know that uh, it's great to have football season. It's amazing we're almost halfway through it now already in the SEC year. But it's awesome, man. I can't wait to continue to talk about it. And hopefully for Arkansas, I have some more wins to talk about too because it's been fun so far. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNavers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.